This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Good afternoon, everybody. We will start with the broadcast section that's got no embargo, followed by an embargoed section for 10.30pm tonight. No live tweeting during the broadcast section, please. And in the broadcast section, use the microphone provided. Gail. Afternoon. Um, give us a little bit of team news, please. Who's available? Maybe how some of your injured ones are progressing when we might see them. Yeah, um, from last week, uh, last game, um, Ben Davis obviously uh, you know, came on with uh, hamstring, so um, you know, probably looking at about a month or so for him out. Um, Gio and so, uh, was also. Um, Similarly, although it's it's a bit harder to sort of diagnose where he's at at the moment, we're we're going to sort of send him for further tests uh, Monday to see exactly what the issue is. But um, he'll miss this weekend. Uh, Dane Scarlett's picked up uh, uh, an injury as well at training, so he'll miss out. And um, that's it, really. And then sort of coming back, uh, the only one that sort of joined the main group. Uh, today has been uh, Romero, um, and that's it. I think everyone else um, who's injured still training away from the main group. Is Romero close? Well, he's he's just sort of started training, so uh, yeah, fair to say, probably might be a bit quick this weekend. You obviously have made a couple of signings this week, nice and early as you <coughs> wanted in the window. Uh, Radu Dragasin. Um, we've seen the clips, we've seen the sort of stats, but what do you like about him, particularly, you know, as a player, but also as a person? How will he fit into what you're trying to do here? Yeah, look, um, you know, obviously we we, we we knew that sort of that position was a priority position for us. Um, going into the January window, we um, we kind of went through the first half of the year, you know, we let sort of Davis and Sanchez go after the window closed, so we kind of knew that if the right opportunity came, in January that, uh, you know, we had to sort of try and bring somebody in. And so we, we did a fair bit of work on it. And, uh, you know, once we got sort of closer to the, the time where we had to make a decision about which way to go, um, you know, Johan and his team sort of did a lot of work, background work on it. And, um, you know, he, he, he I think he's just a good fit for us from, um, you know, football perspective. Um, you know, certainly 
you know, some great attributes as a young player. Um, you know, and you know, after my chats with him, obviously as a person as well, I think he's, you know, he's he's come here sort of with the right motivations about why he wants to make the next step and why Tottenham's the right club for him. So, I think he'll fit in real, really well with the group we've got here at the moment. Um, you know, there's quite a few of them sort of that are you know, similar age bracket, and um, you know, part of that process is you know, hopefully we can build a team that sort of grows together, and uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be a good fit for that. We know a lot more about Timo Werner. We've seen a bit more of him in the Premier League. But what do you want to see from him in a Spurs shirt over the next few months? Look, again, I thought it was just a real good opportunity uh, for us. Um, you know, when it was presented to me, uh, you know, before the new year, that um, we kind of knew, particularly with with Sonny going away for such a, a period of time, and <coughs> you know, we still felt we, we we probably needed another player in the front third, and Whilst you know centre back was a priority, if, if a good opportunity came, um, you know we wanted to move fairly quickly. And again, you know, I had a good chat to Johan about it, and he, I thought Timo would be a really good fit for us um, stylistically. Um, certainly has the attributes we look for in a player in that space. He can play all three positions, which adds kind of some real depth for us and, <coughs> and quality in the front third. And uh, and again, you know, after I had a chat to him, uh, you know, he's. He's really motivated. He, he really likes, you know, the opportunity that you know, Tottenham can give him in terms of where he's at in his career, and I think it, it can add to us as, um, you know, as a group. Charlie, hi, Ange. Um, just staying on on Timo, he he said you both had a chat before he came, <coughs> uh, and he spoke about the flexibility that he has in attack. Um, with Son obviously away for the next month or so, do you think it's likely we'll see him playing out on the left, and where do you see him specifically fitting into that attack? No, I think part of the attraction was that he, he can play sort of left, right. He can play through the middle. And um, as I said, with, with Sonny away, obviously, you know, we, we've still got a fairly extensive um, injury list and we've kind of used Deki Kulsevsky, you know, in the wide areas in midfield. And I just think having Timo in gives us those that flexibility and opportunity to play him anywhere there, depending on the game. It can change it during the game, so... Um, that was part of the appeal, and I think he's equally comfortable in uh, in all those areas. Just one more for me. Um, looking ahead to Manchester United, um, they've been inconsistent this season. So, what are you <coughs> expecting? What can you expect from them on Sunday? I think you, you go to these games expecting them to be at their best. Like I said, they've been inconsistent, but when they've played well, they're, they're still a very, very good football side, and um, they've certainly got some real quality right throughout their team and uh, and particularly at Old Trafford, you know, it's going to be a difficult game. The supporters will be behind them. So um, we're expected a, a tough game, and, you know, a great challenge for us. Uh, but, you know, so far, you know, in, in those kind of venues and in the bigger stadiums against the top teams, so far we've done fairly well, but it'll be another good challenge for us um, come Sunday. Hi, Ange, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. Um, Hugo Lloris has gone, Harry Kane's gone. Eric's gone to Bayern Munich as well. Feels like there's been a real changing of the guard here in the last few months. Do you feel like this is now getting towards being your team? No, it's it's been my team from day one. You know, I take responsibility for the team from the moment I arrived, and uh, I haven't felt like it's anyone else's team but mine um, from the first day. But as you said, the, the, you know, I've said a few times that you know, the club made a conscious decision that kind of to pivot and, and change in the way we went about things and for that to happen you need to also have you know change in in personnel and 
as you said, Hugo Lift and, uh, you know, Eric, Eric moves on to another sort of chapter in his career. He's, he's another one who's had a, a fantastic career here at um, Tottenham. You know, he's, he's left his mark. Um, he was part of a, you know, a very, very good football side that, you know, made many great memories for our supporters here. And, uh, you know, I think he, he, he certainly leaves, uh, you know, his mark on, on his time here at Tottenham. And, you know, he moves to another big club and hopefully um, has success in his next career. And, um, you know, for us, it's just a, a constant sort of evolution of, you know, um, trying to inch forward and, and step forward to, to becoming sort of the team we want to be. And as I keep saying, we're still at the early stages of that. Timo Werner was <coughs> a little bit unlucky in at Chelsea, in fact, in terms of the fact that when he arrived, it was during COVID, <coughs> largely most of his career was played during <coughs> that uncertain season where we had no crowds and then limited crowds back. His time at Chelsea doesn't make him a bad player, but how much is it for you as a manager to kind of prove to everybody in England he is a good player by what he shows at Spurs? Yeah, I, again, I, I don't look too much into that. I, I kind of look at, I always, you know, when, when talking about bringing players in, for me, it's do I see them, you know, playing in the football team that, that, that I've got right now and I want to create? And if I do see them from a football perspective, then it's about understanding where they are in their lives and, and you know, their own sort of careers. Um, you know, and, and obviously Timo was at a point where he was looking for, you know, for, for something to, to sort of change from his current status and there was a possibility that moving was one of those options and <coughs> I said once I spoke to him it's, it's about where he's at now what, what's happened in the past is not really relevant it's you know he's still still his good age he's still very motivated um, you know, he's got national team aspirations he you know and he wants to play at the highest possible level and this football club offers him that opportunity now finally we're at the stage where we're having our winter break you'll play this week won't play next week until the, the FA Cup you've just come from Celtic where you have a proper winter break actual proper time off is the Premier League should either have a proper break or should it not bother this half and half kind of like some teams playing one week and then some the other week what do you have a view on that not really I mean it's it's hard because when you look at the calendar um, particularly here in, in in England and the Premier League and the demands on players you know on the one hand it makes sense to, to have some sort of break but the flip side of that is it probably means they cram more games either side of it. So it, it's hard to find, you know, a kind of clear solution for that. Um, I think the, the bigger concern moving forward is just the actual load that, that players have to carry these days, just in the number of games, tournaments, um, you know, representative football they have to play and, you know, coming up with a calendar that allows them to, you know, play at their best and perform at their best without you know, too much attrition from a physical perspective. George. Angelo, um, when Timo was at Chelsea, I think he had a record of 16 disallowed goals. Um, so just sort of wondering, is he was caught offside a lot as well. Is that, he's just a very unlucky player. Is that something that you've identified that you can make him better at? Because that could potentially be a lot of points for Tottenham this season if you can convert those into legitimate goals. Yeah, I'll, again, I, I think... That's probably not the way I look at it. Like I said, I'm looking at today and you know what he can give us today, and not you know looking at something that happened three, four years ago. Is I just don't think he's relevant. Um, I dare suggest he's a different player, certainly a different person. You know, we all sort of you know 
the, the more experiences we have, we we evolve, we, we kind of grow up in many a sense, you know, there's more maturities and probably a different stage of his life. So, again, I, I don't look at it that way. <coughs> what I look at is if we bring, you know, Timo in, can he contribute to the side we have today and <coughs> and the way we play and, and obviously provided his motivations are right, I think I saw there was an opportunity there for him and for us to, to sort of use this as a platform um, to help him, to help us... Um, you know, achieve our goals. Um, on Jagerson, um, you said you had conversations with him. Can you just tell us what you said to him to make into buying your project and join Tottenham rather than Bayern Munich? Because there was talk that he was possibly going there. Uh, look, I mean, I don't try and sell anything. I say it's just a conversation. And, um, you know, we, like with all, you know, with Timo and every player of signed, it's just a conversation about sort of <coughs> what I believe and sort of my thoughts on them as, as, as players where I see them fitting in and um, and sort of trying to create a, a sort of picture in their head about you know what what they'll encounter when they get here and what we're trying to build and, and the rest is up to them it's not um, I think you know part of the key for me is that they want to come to this football club I'm, I'm not going to bend their arm or try and convince them um, part of them is part of it is them having a buy-in to get excited about coming to us and you've done two people coming <coughs> in, two players coming in, one gone. Did you speak to the club about doing business early and how important is that for you that you've got two players in on the 12th of January already? Yeah, I think I, s I spoke about it in here that, you know, I thought, you know, from our perspective, if we could do things early. But it's easier said than done because um, whilst we may have a desire to do things early, you know, we, you've got to have all parties agreeing to that, you know, clubs and players and... It's not easy to do, particularly in January. Um, but I think the key thing for us was, you know, from the chairman to, as I said, Johan, his team, Scott, myself, we were all pretty, we're all very aligned in, you know, what we wanted to do and we got our targets early. And then, so we, it wasn't a matter of sort of chasing down too many things. It was pretty clear what we were trying to do. And if it didn't happen, then we'd move on. But, um, I think the fact that we're all sort of aligned and really clear on sort of what our objectives were allowed us to, you know, sort of be sitting here now with two players in, which is great. Um, not so much for Sunday, but we know we've got a two-week break, which means, you know, we get at least a couple of weeks working with the lads to, to get them up to speed. And, and then hopefully by then we get some of the injured blokes back and, um, you know, a couple of weeks later we'll get the international guys back and hopefully that means we're in, we're in good shape because we brought the lads in early. Charlie. Can I clarify, what are the Dane and Geo injuries? Uh, both muscle injuries, but not clear. Dane's uh, hamstring, uh, Geo's still not clear. We're still trying to work that out. I just wanted to ask, because there have been a few hamstring injuries, obviously, this season. I know you've spoken about this before when you are at Celtic. What do you put that down to? Is that bad luck? Is that... No, I think I've spoken playing? about that before. It's part of, you know, the, the game model we have, and it's obviously, um, you know, requires a, a really big physical output, but also the fact that we... We haven't been able to sort of, you know, for, because of the circumstances, rotate the squad too much. I mean, probably Ben Davis, a classic example of that, who has played, you know, a hell of a lot. We haven't been able to sort of rotate him out and uh, just a consequence of sort of the way we play, the way we train. But at the same time, we, <coughs> I think, you know, once we get sort of a more robust and, and sort of deeper squad, we'll be able to overcome that. With that in mind, would you kind of tweak things in training or just see it as, uh, as you said, a consequence of how you want to play? No. Um, 
explain how we train is why we're where we are. Uh, Ali, please. <coughs> Um, let's ask you about the type of players you sign. Obviously, all players have to work very hard to get to this to this level. It feels like maybe a majority, I mean, it could be a coincidence that the players that you sign at Spurs especially have had little setbacks. Maybe they've dropped down leagues, been relegated, or they've had to start again, or have had sticky kind of spells in their career. Is that part of a character you look in a player that they've kind of been able to overcome challenges and maybe make them a, a tougher player as a result? No, not, not necessarily. I mean, you, you take it all into account, though. I mean, like, like I said, it's not, you know, it, it's not an exact science, but the more information you have, I think, the better chance you have of making, you know, a, a good decision around it. So you take it all into account. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, you obviously look at the players' history and kind of how they've got to where they've got to and it doesn't mean you exclude people who kind of have had a, a sort of smooth transition in their careers, but there isn't many footballers who haven't had setbacks in their careers. Even the very best will, you know, if you track back, there'll, there'll be some moment in their career where you know, they've had some sort of adversity they've had to fight back from. That's part of, you know, the battle to get to, to this level. So it's not something that I kind of try and highlight. It's more, you know, like I said, just trying to gather as much information about players and their background and kind of understanding the kind of people they are and where they are in terms of their sort of, you know, journey as a footballer. Um, Dragashin, I think he has to get a work permit. Are you confident he'll have that in time to play a part the weekend? Um, yeah, from what I've been told, again, it's not my area, but from what I've been told, everyone's uh, pretty confident it'll be uh, available for Sunday. And are you done in the transfer market in terms of incomings or are going to look for any more opportunities? No, we'll see. Like I said, we had some pretty clear sort of objectives which we've kind of ticked off for now and uh, you know there's still uh, I think I said every window is an opportunity for us to get better if there's an opportunity for us to get better we'll take it but in terms of what we were trying to achieve going into it um, you know I'm really pleased that we got two players in that I think will play a very important part for us um, second half of the year and beyond. Okay back to Theodore please. <coughs> Hello, uh, we came from uh, Romania for uh, Radu Dragosin. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I would like to, to say that uh, uh, the, the English uh, colleagues, the English uh, journalists, uh, have, the, have a big advantage that uh, they, can, uh, they can see you and speak to you every week. And this is not for us, maybe. I don't know if they think it's an advantage, <laughs> but I know what you're saying. 
uh, first of all, um, uh, how did you, uh, how did, when did you realize that you really need uh, Rabi? And uh, which was the, his best quality? Uh, I don't know, uh, the quality that impressed you most, attracted you? Yeah, um, look, uh, as I said, we, we, we've kind of been working on the sort of centre-back position pretty much since the summer window uh, closed and uh, you know, there's been a whole list of players that we've kind of worked through methodically and, um, you know, a lot of that work's been done by the scouting department and then uh, obviously Johan, uh, you know, came in and, and, and Rob McKenzie and, and the team started working into further detail and kind of presented to me probably, <coughs> oh, I don't know, f six weeks ago. And, um, you know, f from that, onwards, Radon was always kind of on the radar as the one of the players that we thought would be, um, you know, a, a good option for us. And then it was about sort of just following, trying to get as much information, as I said before, about him um, as a player, as a person. Uh, we obviously uh, tried to talk to as many people and we had him scouted, obviously, again, I've been following him since we kind of highlighted him. And uh, I think once we, you know, in my mind, once we got down to the real detail of it, I thought he was the best option for us. So, you know, before the window opened, <coughs> you know, we kind of made a, we made a decision that Rado was going to be our number one priority. And, um, you know, I like, I like his defensive attributes. I like his physical attributes. I think there's still a lot uh, of growth in him. There's a lot uh, of improvement in him. He's only 21. He's had one year in the Serie A, uh, not even a full year. Um, and I think he fits kind of the profile of the kind of players we want here. Um, how will pass Radu Dragosin uh, from the low defence of Genoa uh, to the ag aggressive, ultra-aggressive, I, I can say, high defensive of, high defense of uh, uh, Tottenham? And uh, how will be the fight of three very good players, Van der Ven, uh, Kuti Romero and uh, Radu, uh, for, for just two positions in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the defense. Uh, you, you always played, almost, you always played uh, four defense, 4-2-3-1 mm -hmm. or 4-3-3, yeah. uh, but you might change uh, the system for, you, for, for them to have all three in the team. Uh. No, because um, even though you describe it that way, the reality is I've had zero centre-backs for two positions <laughs> most of this year. So, And I've had to play full-backs in there. So the reason we want Rado in is because, you know, we know that, you know, it's not just injuries, but there's certain games we want to change things and we need more than two top centre-backs. And, you know, bringing Rado in gives us that opportunity now to have three top centre-backs, um, different... Uh, different games will call for different things. Um, allows us to sort of um, manage the playing time of those players so we don't get as many injuries as we've had. Um, so that was really uh, important. And, and in terms of the different style, it's something I spoke to Radu about, that we obviously play very differently from you know what he's used to, but he, he liked that. You know He was attracted to that. It's what he thinks he needs for the next stage of his career. And um, again, that that was pleasing to me because it will be different, very different. But, you know, again, I think he's a, he's a quick learner and already he's asking all the questions he needs to ask and what he needs to do to improve, and I'm sure he'll do that. Um, uh, our national, uh, national coach, 
Eduard Jordanescu. Would like to see him playing almost every every week, every day, because the, uh, because uh, the European Championship it's uh, five uh, five months away. Uh, are you uh, going to to uh, to give him uh, as many uh, opportunities to to play? He will have the same opportunities as everyone else, uh, but also um, if I think if Radu just wanted to play. He would have stayed at Genoa. He's come to a big club. And when you go to a big club, you know that you have to compete. That's part of your development. And I think even for the Romanian national team, Radu being at a big club, competing against the World Cup winner in Romero and Mickey van der Ven, who's, I think, uh, fast will become one of the you know best defenders in his space. I think is exactly where Radu should, needs to be and it will benefit the national team. Uh, uh, the last question. Uh, uh, will you, uh, are you going to, to, to put him in the squad uh, on Sunday? Uh, we'll see how um, hopefully all the paperwork gets done, but if all the paperwork gets done, he will be in the squad, yes. And in the first lineup? Uh, <coughs> I usually tell the team first before I tell the journalists, so we'll just wait and see, okay? Right. And to finish with George, please. Thank you. Hi, Ange. Um, are you sort of at the stage now in terms of the Premier League table where you're kind of looking at it and, and if so I guess it's probably more externally but there's eight points between Tottenham and Man United does that kind of raise the significance of this match for you or do you have to ignore that? I'd have to ignore it but I just I don't think it's really relevant to be honest I think um, we're 20 games into the season you kind of know what's left and um, we've, we've gone through a tough time but we're in an okay position we're not too far where we want to be and it's just about making sure that um, you know we, we kind of <coughs> the key for us is progress you know that, that we keep sort of improving our football and like I said hopefully we get some personnel back which allows us to finish the season strong if we can finish the season stronger than we've started then you know we'll, we'll be in a good place but <coughs> I usually look ahead mate not in the rear view mirror and you know, Man United, synonymous with Sir Alex Ferguson, 27 years. I'm not going to ask you if you're going to be here for 27 years. No way, but, but gen <laughs> generally, you've um, at clubs, you've been sort of three or four seasons, and I think you spoke before about needing to to move on and keep yourself um, moving up. At Spurs, you just spoke about it, everything being aligned. Do you feel like this could be a home for longer than that? Obviously, touch wood, everything going well. If only it was in just my hands, mate. Um, it's not how management works and, um, you know, uh, as much as you all love me right now, it could change very quickly at some point. And, uh, again, I, d I don't really put a timeline on these things. Um, my role and my responsibility is to try and, you know, from when I was appointed, to get this club into a position where it, it, it has success and competes for, for trophies. And, and none of us have this sort of endless timeline to achieve that, you know, especially at big clubs. Um, like you said, you see at Man United and, and, you know, as soon as there's a little blip or it looks like, you know, things are slipping away, there's, there's an enormous amount of attention and, um, you know, that changes people's, you know, timeline of how things need to be done out quickly. So I, I don't sort of think about it in those terms. Uh, I'm determined to sort of try and, like I said, bring success to the club. Um, every manager works against uh, a sort of anonymous clock um, that we none of us know, you know, 
where the end time is. So if if you start thinking in those sort of you know those points of reference, and I think it takes you away from what your primary task is. And my primary task and responsibility, as I said, is to bring success here. Okay, we'll end the broadcast section there. We'll <coughs> move on to the embargoed section for 10:30 p.m. tonight. Tom. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I don't think it's about you know, I don't think it's me convincing them because I, I really don't try and do that. I, I think it's important for me that you know not they meet me halfway, but there's a real you know you want to hear some excitement in their voice about, and this is not just here at Tottenham, wherever I've been, it's kind of that they really want to come here for themselves. You know, they see it as you know the, the best step for their career. Um, and for that sort of to happen, all I try and do is, again, try and sort of paint a picture for them about what they're entering into, you know. And, and, and part of that conversation is me knowing as much as I can about them. I think that gives them some comfort that, you know, it's not me just talking to another player. It's actually me talking to someone who I've invested time in to find out about um, and then allowing them to sort of articulate sort of what they're looking for next and... and <coughs> Yeah, you can sort of pick up in that conversation as to, okay, I think this is the right place for them because the things they want is, are here. Um, now, there's all these other things that come into it. Obviously, there's a, you know, this financial aspect. There's, <coughs> you know, there's there's the network around, you know, the, the players themselves who obviously have their own opinions and that. So you can't really um, go on the fact that you you can me as an individual convince a person to, to come but what I, like I said try and do is just give them real clarity and certainty that I wouldn't be speaking to them if I didn't think they would fit and this wasn't the right place for them I hope so and, and, uh, and hopefully a lot of that is just from them seeing externally you know maybe it's the way we're playing and, and the kind of players we're bringing in and seeing how the players we're bringing in I think it helps us that you know I think our summer window was <coughs> was good in, in, in you know, the players who came in sort of contributed. So, we're, we're not, again, it shows that we've put a lot of time and effort and, and care into making sure we bring in the right types, players and, and people. So, again, I think that gives comfort to anyone who's deciding, OK, well, they wouldn't be talking to me unless they see me as part of this. So um, I think a lot of that is just, like I said, the external and, and then watching us, how we're playing, how we're going about things. And I think that is that is a good selling point for us. The more we can sort of go down that track and have success in these areas, particularly when you're talking about younger players because, you know, part of their sort of journey is they don't want to make the wrong decision at this point of their careers. So um, seeing others in a similar boat to them coming here and, and sort of having, um, having an effect straight away, I think, helps us in, in, in that pursuit. No, because again, you, you kind of you have to look into that, and you know it's fair to say that you know 
Leipzig play a little bit differently now, and it's somebody like Timo. You know, the the system they play doesn't necessarily suit him. And like I said, he's got some competition. But look, it's fair to say that if Timo was <coughs> playing regularly and scoring goals, he wouldn't be here. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to afford him. Simple as that. So you're looking for these opportunities and, and potentially try to look beyond the obvious to say, well, there's an opportunity here. And, you know, when, when Johan sort of pre- presented to me, I, I was really excited by it because I just thought, OK, here's an opportunity that normally wouldn't sort of come across our desk at this point in time where we are as a club. Because, like I said, our priority was kind of the centre-back position. Um, and I could see some real possibilities in him playing in our system that maybe, you know, at Leipzig, like I said, that they're, they're sort of changed a little bit the way they play, that maybe the opportunities wouldn't be as plentiful for him there. John? Thanks, John. Yeah, it does, and, 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 and look, that has to be the objective and the aim for not just me, for every manager, I guess. Like I said, I, 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 we've got to take every opportunity we, we can to get stronger, and, and part of that, I think part of that process is just a, a trust thing of, of, you know, the club, they've obviously invested in me, and, and, and you can only gain that trust over a period of time and, and after doing certain things, and I think, you know, the club itself probably got a lot of comfort from our summer window in that we've got you know our business right there so when you're going into this window and you're saying you want to work quickly there's a little bit of a leap of faith there that the club has to have in me and 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 what I'm doing and I think our first half of the year has helped that and and hopefully that just keeps accelerating because then that allows me then to (coughs) you know work hopefully accelerate our progress as a a, a, as a club and, and to get us to where I want to but you know, again, all things being equal, we've had a, we've had pretty rotten luck of, with injuries because they haven't just been hamstring. We've had a couple of knee injuries, a couple of you know Benton Core, Madison ankle injuries. So that's, we've had suspensions, which are you know our own fault. So all these kind of things that we've had to overcome, we kind of hope if we do get a smoother run with the additions we've made, we certainly feel like we can finish the season stronger than we started. No, I don't think I don't think that would be right for me to do that with this group of players and for the club. You know, like I said, we we kind of scratched and clawed our way to stay in a, in a in a decent position in the league. You know, we're, we're through the next round of the cup, and you know, when those possibilities are always there, you, you certainly want to tackle them, you know, as robustly as possible without any fear of you know falling short or. or fear of not achieving something you know that it's it's about us we've done that from day one of, of kind of having this clear um, sort of vision as to the kind of football we want to play and we're still some parts of it we've, we've been really really good and surprised me our progress other other parts we're still really in the early stages of development so we've got a platform there to, to kick on and we've got to try and take advantage of that Well, 
define to me what a title race is. Yeah, yeah. So by that definition, if I said no, you'd turn around and say, oh, come on, Ange, wouldn't you? Because by definition, we are, aren't we? Yeah, so yes, we are. And I, I've said that all along, that until the point where you're not, why would you even discount the possibility? So um, I, like I said, we're, we're kind of gone through a really tough period, but we've been hanging in there. You know, we had, we had that sort of, Res, you know, four, four games, I think, the results obviously went against us, but we kind of clawed our way back. We've had a little setback. We're still in there. You know, we, I think our performances, for the most part, have been pretty consistent. Um, but, again, all of that is meaningless unless we finish the season, you know, back half the year stronger than we did the first, and that's what we've got to do. Or it could work the other way where they go, you know what, it's not working, we need to give them some players. So sometimes it works against you. Well, you, you don't know that. You don't know that. So it can work against you sometimes, you know, that actually he's doing all right, he doesn't need any players. So I, I kind of, again, I, I don't think that's the relevant point. I think it's more of, a, like I said, a matter of faith and trust to say, okay, you know, before we... Because every time you make you bring a player in or you make a transfer, there's an investment there. Uh, <clears throat> it's not limitless, you know. We're not, you know. It doesn't matter how big the club is, and I think, you know, most clubs feel more secure in doing it if they have faith and trust in the person who's making those decisions. And these are my decisions. I take responsibility for the transfer. So um, <clears throat> I think that's where we've been able to move quickly because, like I said, we've been really, <coughs> everyone's been really aligned everyone at the club as to what our objectives were and um, there didn't need to be many discussions around, you know, who the who the uh, aim was, the, the player, and there didn't need to be too many discussions around whether we needed to look at other options. It was, okay, this is what we want. Let's go and try and make it happen. If it didn't happen, it didn't happen. But I think that's what's made helped us move fairly quickly. Um, look, he's getting close. He hasn't trained with a group yet. Um, we've obviously got after Man U game a two week spell, so I'd be hoping that between the sort of the two Manchester games, um, he's back training with the first team, provides no setbacks in that sort of two week window. Any others before? Yeah. Again, I, I'm not a great one at sort of looking at sort of the historical references to these things because I always feel that, you know, I, I wasn't there, so I don't know the, the, the conditions or the, the reasonings behind whether there was a, something endemic in the club that didn't allow that or some thought process. I, I kind of just tackle them as I get into every club from there onwards, and I think it is important how you perform in those kind of games because ultimately if you want to be successful you need to be able to perform in, in those kind of big games, and particularly away from home, uh, you know, the challenges. But, 
you know, if you look at, <coughs> you know, we went to, we obviously went to Arsenal, we went to, we went to um, City, we played Liverpool here, you know, we've, we've done, we've done okay in those games, you know, not result, just results wise, but performance wise, I don't think, you know, we've, we've gone into any of those games and I've walked away going, you know, there was a massive, massive gap between us and them, you know, we, we gave as good as we got in all those games and, and it is important and, and Old Trafford is another place where you know that, you know, the atmosphere and the way that the crowd get behind the team is going to be a great challenge for us and um, it'd be good to see how we kind of react to that and how we can sort of keep developing as a team because it is an important part of the process, um, <coughs> you know, home comforts are great and we've got a great home ground and, and great crowd behind us but if you can do it away from home in adversity then I think it just accelerates your growth and final one from Tom please oh no idea mate no idea we'll see yeah, I, I said it depends on when he starts training if he starts training early next week potentially but then again you know, you've got to see how they train with the first team and how they feel um, but I think we've got three weeks uh, three games in that week after the Man City game so um I'd have to say that he should be him and sort of Manuel Solomon are kind of the next two that should be fairly close after that provided there's no setbacks cool thank you guys thank you, thank you. <coughs> you. the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year as football fans we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.